This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, every way. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and we're just going to hit you off real quick because we got Polly in studio all masked up. Remember, it's a pandemic, folks. Wear a mask with our intro and get right into it. We have a very special guest today. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know there will be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Turning $4 into $256 is a 64 to 1 odds. Every dollar you bet could turn into $64. Pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up. For or to turn four dollars into two hundred and fifty-six dollars, if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset, that's code THPN to turn four dollars into two hundred and fifty-six dollars for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, use code THPN, and thank us later. Hey, Caps fans! For those who did not see our live stream, this is part two of our chat with Iron Man legend himself, Carl Alsner. We hope you enjoy. Incredible interview. Buckle up. Um, but getting us back on track, I do have one personal question, if you if you don't mind me asking. It has to do with your first, like, larger contract. And you would, you'd reference, like, I want my next watch, my suit, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your first big contract, like, what did you – what was the f- first thing – like, so I always ask people, like, as, like, a character judgment. I'm not judging you, but, like, if you won the lottery, <laughs> what would be the first thing that you would buy? Like, a- away from – paying off your parents' debt, like what for you, like your own personal thing. So what, what did you buy? Like when you were like, okay, I've made it, I've quote unquote, you know, made that big paycheck. What was the first thing you bought? Um, it wasn't actually me that bought it, but I wanted it. Um, my wife got it for me. It was, uh, a watch. It was cause it was right at my, right up, right about, it was the year leading into my 30, my 30th birthday. And then that contract, and so she bought me a watch that I had been looking at for quite a while. And I was just like sick to my stomach thinking about pulling the trigger myself. And so she went and did it for me, <laughs> which is very nice of her. Um, yeah. But I've been, I've been into watches for pretty much since I got, got to, to Washington and seen what some of the guys were rocking. I was always so interested in it. And I got, uh, I got hooked up with a buddy of mine there and he kind of dealt watches a little bit. So I slowly started getting into the game. I saw Marcus Johansson was getting in, um, getting into it pretty good. And then, yeah, Ovi's got quite a collection. Koozie's got a really nice collection. So I was like, I got to do it too. I got to try. <laughs> yeah. I right. can't keep up with those guys, but. So but what I, was I the watch? Best. What was it? 
Um, it's called the, it's a Rolex. It's called the sky dweller. Um, it's kind of neat. It's got, it's got, it's kind of hard to explain, but, um, it's got a cool little circle on the, on the dial and you just have to, you have to look it up cause it's, right. it's a neat, it's a neat little thing. It's, it's gained a little bit in value too, which is always the hope with these, with these watches. So, wow. um, so yeah, I got that, but I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm always thinking about the next one. If I can find a way to get, get another one. <laughs> That I'm always in. I'm always looking at the next one. We'll see. Okay, so I'm writing notes. Invest in Rolex watches. So that'll be the new, <laughs> the new thing. I'm yeah. On. Good stuff, man. Um, yeah, dude. So uh, I'll, I'll say the East Coast has has experienced some incredible weather lately. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've been keeping up. I know it's it's a whole continent um, spread away. But the real important question here is: Have you gone out onto the links yet? Because I've been three times in the past Come week on. and a half, dude. Oh jeez. Yeah. I haven't. We we have one course that I heard opened uh recently. It's not really the best course, I'd say. Um, but it's open. Um okay. and then I think they're shooting for beginning of April, I think is what I heard, that they were hoping to start getting more of them open. But um we've had pretty much all the snow melt now, which is great. Um there's still tons up at the mountain, so I'm still hoping to get a little bit more skiing in. But in terms gotcha. of golf, it's just been hitting balls in the garage still and and watching on TV. So I haven't had a chance to yet, but very jealous that you're already out. Actually, my I think my son, my my middle guy, he's going out today uh, with uh, with um, my mother in law. So he's nice. actually getting out before I am down uh, down where she is. So I'm no. kind of jealous about that. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. How, you how guys old is been watching the how that old guy, is he? he's four. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he's awesome. he's pretty little, but he can whack it pretty good. Good. Yeah, it's yeah, good genes. Curve. <laughs> yeah. How how was your round? Was it fun? Um, or was it rusty? Oh, it's rust, dusty and rusty, but it's yeah. it was bad. Okay, so the first one, you know, I'm out there, um, and we have a really short executive course. It's not it's not terribly bad. Shout out Wheeling Park. Uh, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. Um, and uh, you know, went out, played a couple, you know, just nine holes, uh, shot like, I'm embarrassed to say a 58 and then came back, went out with my buddy. And, you know, when you have a buddy there, you're like, okay, now I've got to like, I can't show my complete ass, right? Like I got to like hit some fairways, like sink some putts, right? Uh, shot a 51 right after. So shaving seven strokes, like the three days later is, is good for me. Um, and then we went to this, like, so where we are in West Virginia, it's, um, we're close to Ohio and it was like a, like a 30 minute drive and it was an absolute debacle getting there. Like we, it was cash only. We had to like go to some small town to an ATM. Like it, oh, it was terrible yesterday. <laughs> I went, um, and we played nine there and we only got like seven in, but the, the course was cool. It was basically an old farm that they just had a lot of property turned into a, a golf course. But like the, the layout was cool. Cause there were like some pretty serious dog legs that go around and that's pretty uncommon. We're usually in our terrain battling against uh, inclines, real big inclines, like Hills and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. So oh. yeah. I mean, did, in uh, any case, yeah. <laughs> did you, did you happen to see, um, uh, who is it? Um, Fitzpatrick's comments on DeChambeau. Did you follow no. that at all? No, but I saw because he just recently won, didn't he? Yeah, and he won the Arnold Palmer, which was pretty sweet. That's a heck of a tournament to win. But then 
I think his like I could be completely wrong. I have to fact check this, but um, he said anyone can put on thirty pounds and just swing as hard as they can um, to try and beat golf courses like that. I find it way more impressive when guys just have skill and play the golf course kind of along those lines. And I'm just like, who cares? Like how you win as long as you win, right? right. Like, yeah, if they don't ask how. Do it, they don't ask yeah, how. They ask how many, right? Like exactly. So he's yeah. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. But the funny thing, like before we started, I checked. I think Deschambault was plus two on his day when when we started, and uh, and him and Fitzpatrick were tied. So I was all I was thinking is like, oh, whoever wins this is going to get some bragging rights. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm not really sure whose side I'm on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's kind of a low blow. Like, who cares, dude? Like, you know what? I agree. Like, I don't care. I wish I could bomb 330. Yeah, me too. I I think it's maybe a little jealousy. How sweet was that? Was that the Arnold Palmer too? When, uh, when the fans were going crazy, they couldn't wait for him to get on the tee box so he could bomb one 370 over the water. Did you see that? I I didn't see that shot, but that's insane. (laughs) Everybody was like, like, if you see, if you see me here, the whole kind of dog leg, I was the other way, dog legs, um, kind of to the left. And uh, and everyone was laying up or hitting their drive, whatever, 300, just kind of off to the right. And he completely turns towards the green, like <laughs> straight over the water. And everyone is just losing it. He hammers this thing. And all you do, as soon as he hammers it, he's just on his knees watching it. And then arms go up, whole crowd goes wild. And I'm just oh. like, oh. like, this is amazing. Like, you got to love the sport when people are getting that fired up. Right. I mean, that's straight big dick energy when you, when you just like <laughs> come out and yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm confident enough to just bomb it 70 yards past the best players in the world. Like, Oh yeah. Uh, good you stuff. You guys got it right now. It's, it's fun to watch fun, fun sport to be a, uh, be a spectator right now. It sounds like uh, a little bit of real life Happy Gilmore Shooter or Gavin with these <laughs> comments back and forth. Yeah, it pretty much is. Yeah, these guys are gonna go go toe to toe. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, um, we've we've been going on, but uh, which is amazing. I, I think that honestly, this is probably the most interesting content we've probably ever put out. So thanks a lot again, uh, Carl, for that. But let's get into our Washington wraparound. We'll talk the Caps a little bit and. Um, you know, I'm definitely interested to hear a lot about, you know, what's going on with the team. So uh, let's get into that. All right, Caps fans. So for the Washington wraparound, I do just to hit this off on a little. We're going to scratch the scab a little bit. Carl, what's your take on the Tom Wilson hit? Do you, <laughs> if you Can you talk about it? Do you want to talk about it? If not, we, we don't have to, but. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I, we we talked about it a little bit on uh, the last broadcast that I did because it was it was the next game, I think. And uh, I mean, obviously, there's a bias towards Tom Wilson. It it's sure. it's pretty clear, I think. Um, I also have a bias towards Tom Wilson because I like him and he's my <laughs> friend, so I defend him probably a little bit more than some people would. And I sure. defended him to to teammates of mine in in Montreal as well, where they don't, uh, you know, they just when, when you see it from the outside, it's you know I can understand why would why they would feel that way. Um, I feel like it's unfortunate because he's it's like it seems like the league is trying to almost muzzle him, you know, like he's yeah. he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he can hit, which is one of the more exciting things 
in the sport and he can't hit guys for fear of getting in trouble or getting suspended now and hurting his, his team or his pocketbook and uh, obviously his, his reputation too. So that's the thing that's unfortunate. Like if you look at that hit, he stays on his feet. He keeps his arms down. Like yeah, he's there's way worse it. hits of guys. Yeah. Of guys coming up. And he, in my mind, I feel like in, in he's thinking I'm doing everything right here in this hit. Like there's yeah. nothing they can get me for. And right. unfortunately the result happens where um, his head hits the glass and, and he's hurt. And so I can see why they would try and well, they would want to suspend him. He's got history. Uh, player was injured, this and that, but it's just, in, in my opinion, it's just unfortunate. He's kind of in a, in a battle where I don't think he can really win. Um, but you still want him to play that way because that's how he's successful. And that's how that's he completely changes the vibe on the ice when he's out there. Oh, yeah. um, but I, but I've heard, I've, I've heard other guys talking about it. Like I actually heard George LaRock talk about it, you know, and, and he doesn't like it. And he doesn't think that happens if there's a, another tough guy on, on the Boston Bruins, you know, and, and things like that don't happen. And I just think it's interesting to hear all the different sides. Like some people hate him. Some people love him. Don't care about the hit. Some people think that someone should be there to fight him and then it won't happen. It's, you know, <laughs> there's just so many different angles to it. Should he have been suspended? Um, I, I, I personally don't, don't think so, but I can see why they did. And yeah. it, it, and if they were going to, it's definitely half the amount of time that they gave him is is plenty, I think. And and so this is it, it's funny because you 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 had to like pause to say I don't think that he should have been suspended because it's so taboo to mm-hmm. uh, to defend Tom Wilson. And I I don't know. I mean, like he, my problem with it is that if the league is really serious on non Tom Wilson hits. They will outlaw head contact, period. Um, and to break precedent in the, you know, you have a rule book for a reason. And, and I think that, you know, all three of us have played hockey for a long time. And we know that, like, you know, obviously not to the level you have by any means. <laughs> but, you know, that ha- that hit happens since by the time that you, I mean, I started hitting in Bantam because that's when I started actually playing ice hockey organized before when I was, they started hitting in peewee, which is like 10 years, uh, uh, 12. When you're 12, you can take full runs at people, uh, back when I played. Now it starts in Bantam, so like high school age. Um, but that hit was taken on me, a bender who could barely skate every time. Every time anybody saw that, I was, you know, I was fresh meat, dude. Like, ah, oh, that kid can't skate to kill him. And maybe that's, the culture that, you know, I think I've seen so many takes like this is bad. This is what's terrible about hockey culture. But it's like, I think that that's from people who haven't played to the competitive level of, you know, the high school even because there is something to be said about, you know, and Paulie, you can speak to this because because Paulie is the bot over here. He's he was the guy that was always laying the hammer down. Um, thick man over here. Seriously, uh, that would that you you put the body on people and they're, they question whether they want that puck Every, the next mm-hmm. play. If you put somebody down, I mean, Paulie, I've seen you hit guys out of the rink. I mean, you have that take, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, if you 
are physical, then you set yourself up to win more battles later on because guys are hesitating. They're you know they're stopping just trying to poke the puck instead of right. really controlling it. Right. I mean, are you going to sacrifice yourself if you know that you're going to be inflicted with pain? I mean, and I feel like that's part of the strategy of hockey, especially if you. I mean, I think that the NHL has an incredible amount of parity in it, right? I mean, it's incredible. It's the most. Um, I think it's the most competitive league in the world as far as team sports go. So just any edge that you can achieve here with men- mentally, you know, you hit, you finishing your checks every time the, the other team, I mean, I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's different in the NHL. So that's what I kind of wanted to ask is like, is physicality going by the wayside when you, when, when you played, like, I don't, is, I, cause I feel like every time you, you take a hit, the next time that person's going to get the puck, they're going to at least have a little mm-hmm. nagging pull that they're going to have to overcome. Like, oh, well, I know I'm going to have to touch this puck and take the hit, right? Yeah. Well, just just if – I mean, I don't know if you guys remember it, but it was the one of the first games that the Caps played the Penguins, and uh, and the puck went into the Pittsburgh zone. I think it was Marino that had it, and he heard <laughs> yeah. everybody yelling, you know, heads up, Tom Wilson's coming, and just, right. like, take the puck, you know? Like, that's for sure it's something that happens. You, you get into a game, and if there's – um, a player that just got called up or something like that, you say, you know, oh, hey, heads up for 55. He, he, he can hit, you know, this guy's fast and he can hit. So just, you know, be aware when he's out there. Jordan Tutu, when he played, it's like, hey, watch out for Toots. This guy will run you over. Like he's only, he's only five foot nine or whatever, but he will throw you through the glass. Just be aware when he's out on the ice. Right. That happens. And so if you know that there's a guy out there that can hit and that is smart with his hits, um, then, then yeah, you're, you're thinking about it. And this was something else that we brought up too when um, when we talked about it on on the last broadcast is go and look at how many hits there are where guys get hit and their head gets hit, but there's no injury, there's no penalty called. Right. It just happens, you know? Like this game is fast. You make your decision and you have to go with it. If I'm like waiting till the last second to make my decision, I'm in trouble, you know? Yeah. So I have to... I have to make my read and I have to go with it. And sometimes it happens where look at the kneeing penalties that happen all the time. You know, like I go to dive in on a guy and next thing you know, he jukes to the side. I don't have enough time to do anything. My leg's going to hit his leg and I get a, I get a penalty. You know, it's kind of the same along the same lines with these headshots. There's, there's some that are clear as day. Obviously guys are trying to, they are targeting um, and it's not good. But right. there's so many where guys' shoulders hit someone in the head, not on purpose. And, sure. you know, a guy won't get hurt. Or there's times, like, I can think of, it happened a lot of times where I would just get hit so solid in the body that my head would be going crazy. After oh, that. yeah. No one came anywhere near my head. It just happens, you know. So, I mean, the fact that if if injury gets taken into account for for some of these suspensions and stuff, I think that's a tough way to go about it. Cause some guys will get injured a little bit easier than other guys. Um, so I don't really like, I don't really like that. And I don't know how much of that they take into consideration, but um, I don't know. I think you need to have hitting in the game. I think it's one of the best things about the game and it keeps guys a little bit tougher. They're already kind of taking out fighting. And um, in a way I agree with, with LaRock's comments when he made them on the, the Dale Weiss uh, Habs talk, I think is what his podcast is or whatever it is that he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where he said it, um, <laughs> that 
if you don't have those those guys in the lineup, then you uh, then you're gonna just you're you're gonna see guys play a little bit more over the line. You know, sure. you get some of these guys that aren't willing to 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 back it up, and they're gonna take liberties on guys. But if you have someone out there patrolling, which lucky for Tom, he's that guy. <laughs> right. You know, then then they can go out there and, and do whatever they want. But I just don't. Tom's not malicious. That's not hit. That's not the type of guy he is. And I think he's doing everything he can to make these hits clean. And the only way that he, it seems like he can get away with it is just by not hitting guys. Good thing he can score goals and everything and do everything else. Cause otherwise <laughs> it would be, uh, it'd be tough for a player to play that way. No doubt. No doubt, man. And, and I hate that they broke president on it. And, you know, I know that everybody with a pitchfork and torch was out, but is that really how you want to govern the league that you love is, is by, public opinion or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah. I, and, and to clarify caps fans, so nobody comes after us. We, we are, I don't, I feel bad for Carlo. I, I had heard that he had to go to an ambulance, get an ambulance ride to the hospital. I hope that he is okay. I'm not sure of his, his current um, status, but you know, a guy who's had, and he has had con- concussion history from, from uh, which I've learned on Twitter after, being berated. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I, obviously we don't want injuries to happen, but, uh, yeah, I, it, it's, 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 it's touchy for sure. So that's, yeah, that's a tough thing too. It's like, you don't know who you're hitting sometimes, what, what they have going on. They, they're, they could be hanging on by a thread and you hit them and, and something like that happens. And there's, there's, I don't think there's anybody out there that's going out there with the intent to injure somebody. And that's not, that's not the case. And like you said, it's definitely not what we're saying, but just strictly talking about the hit, you know, that's, I think that's, that's the opinion. Um, yeah, that's, I didn't know that he had that concussion stuff either. So that just makes it <laughs> it's yeah. even tougher. You know, it's even more unfortunate that that were to happen. No doubt. And, and I felt, you know, when, when the ruling came out where they kept calling Carlo a defense, I mean, Carlo is a big defenseman who is a pretty, you know, he's a, regular facet of the Boston Bruins, not like some rookie. He's a veteran in the league. He's a good player. Like I, I look at this and I think like, cause they kept saying like, he's defenseless. He's got his head down. He's like, you know, <laughs> if, if a coach said that to me, I'd be like, God, I'm a Jerry's kid. Like, and, and that is not Carlo, the, the player. So I'm like, I would be almost insulted about, you know, that, but I don't know, Paul, you have, you have anything mm-hmm. to cap this off with or, or, well, I mean, I love the way Willie plays, um, but I think I've even said before that uh, in as much as this sucks, he's in a position where even though he may not be doing anything wrong, he needs to tweak how he's playing because even when he does stuff that players think is within the rules, he's still getting punished. So right. I think as much as it sucks – he may need to like tone it down or I think I said, I thought maybe he could work with someone to like, yeah, change how he hits to focus on lower contact. Like, I don't know if that even makes sense, but just, you know, like retrain his muscle memory. So he stays away from the head. Cause he's such a tall guy anyway. Yeah. But it, yeah, it sucks. It'll be tough. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Tough. I know. And, and the thing that I think that a lot of, also, I think that a lot of hockey 
fans who may not have ever had the privilege of playing the sport, um, you know, they don't understand like the amount of technical ability that goes into throwing a solid body check in the way that Tom Wilson does. Uh, it is an art. It is 100% as hard as, you know, I would say it's as hard as skating and shooting, you know, hitting is, is right there on the skill level because you have to be able to one, you know, make sure that you're driving through the body without being doing something illegal, but also besting a person who you don't know how much they weigh. I mean, you can kind of size them up, but when you go for a hit, when you make that call, I mean, you're fully committed. And if you're not fully committed, you're going to be the one throwing the hit and then fall and falling on, on your back and, you know, having the head bounce off the ice. That's always terrible, right? That's a yeah. bad one. You know, that's always <laughs> embarrassing when you get hit so hard, you're like, bunk or yeah. try to throw the hit and get counter hit and, and fall over. God, that's, you know, that's the ultimate shame almost, but you know, yeah. So, all right, free, free will. I, I gotta add something to that. Talking about defenseless uh, players, what this mm. is one thing that 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 I don't understand, and it hasn't been something that um, has been a there hasn't been a ton of talk about it. But there's a re, it's a reverse hit we call it, you know, where yeah. say a forward's going got the puck in the corner back towards you, and you're going in there to check him or pin him, and next thing you know, you just have a shoulder in the back in your head, and I would say that that is considered a defenseless player too. Then. You know, like I'm not expecting someone to just throw their shoulder into my face or into my chest, whatever. I'm coming in to play the puck. Right. And so then there's then there's that discussion, too. So you can kind of you can bring up a lot of different a lot of different things. It's just like I said, where do you draw the line? What's what are we going to let's have some consistency here and and then that'll make it a little bit easier. But the game is too fast. It's too unpredictable. It's so hard to have that consistency, which is why I'm not really a big fan of um, analytics and stuff either. Cause I think that it's too hard to judge the sport with that. There's, there's a baseline really. Right. And so you try your best to get a baseline with this, with the hitting stuff and suspensions and every play is just a little bit different. And so it's just so hard to do. So I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on Tom's side, so I'm always gonna I'm always gonna go side with him, <laughs> no matter right. what. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he he's in he's got an uphill battle, I think, for the rest of his career, unfortunately. Right, absolutely, and I mean, this guy, Tom Wilson, plays in the '80s, and he's fitting right in. He's fitting oh, right yeah. in. So, imagine Scott Stevens. If, oh, if he was playing when Scott Stevens was playing. Yeah. Be best buddies throwing hits like that. <laughs> yeah. And dude, that's the thing. Like you, you look at it's Scott Stevens, especially like if you look at the most, dev- like I guarantee you could go to YouTube right now and say top 10 dev- most craziest hits. Scott Stevens probably has three to five of them and they're mm-hmm. all like elbows or shoulders straight to somebody's head. I mean, mm-hmm. Paul Korea dying on the ice and then coming back and then hitting that ripper uh, over Broder's glove hand, like, oh, how fucking iconic, <laughs> dude. Like, that, I remember watching that and being like, Paul, Paul Korea is dead. He is dead. Yeah. Get, why is every, <laughs> somebody needs to get the ambulance, like the stretcher, the, the defib, whatever you need to do. Get the, get the panels on this guy. He's dead. And then he like wakes up, doesn't, like, he misses, like, I don't even know if he missed a shift, but comes back like three changes later, goes out, blue line, and just a ripper. Like, Ovechkin style. And back then you didn't see that a lot. You didn't, you didn't see a guy cross the blue line, have enough room to just hit, hit a ripper and, and ring it high off that. I mean, that was 
insane. And of course, <laughs> Paul Cree is a guy who is very much, he didn't, he says he doesn't remember any of that and winning the cup. Or I mean, I'm sorry. He doesn't remember any of that or the finals, like none of that. Uh, because they didn't win, but yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy, man. But, uh, anyways, so we do have two games. We do have two games to, to cover because we did have a pod on Wednesday where we, where we, uh, went back and, and, and did stuff. It was a weird thing. We did a, a Monday, uh, and Carl, you might be able to, uh, to help, but there's this guy in New York. His name's Talik Bortz. And, uh, he, um, he has this website called alternite.com and it's A-L-T-R-U-N-I-T-E.com. And we'll share that with you later, but, it was, he's, he's got a ton of secondhand hockey gear for youths. It's literally, he showed me a picture. It's literally his two car garage filled to the top with youth hockey gear that he wants to give away to underprivileged youths. And, you know, we put out the call like, yo, uh, how can, like, are there any rinks anywhere in, in the, and he, he wants to keep it to the East Coast because I think it's a logistics thing. But I think that if anybody on anywhere was like, Hey, we can help you and, and get like four or five pallets of this gear to this rink, he'd be a hundred percent willing to listen. So, you know, hmm. just kind of a, we, on Monday, we had that just throwing that out there and I wanted to plug it one more time, uh, on the live stream and, and on the pod about it. So if you know anybody, Carl, let us know. I know Fort DuPont is one of the places we always worked with when, when I was there that yeah. um the Nats built a state of the art facility right beside it and we were always kind of like look what the Nats did <laughs> yeah. and we're just repainting Fort DuPont like I know I feel like it would be nice if we could do the rink there and and do something do something nice for them but I would I would yeah I would imagine if he's looking for a place to to send some stuff they would they I'm sure they would take it it's, dude maybe that's we should... one of the hardest things about hockey is getting gear that's and that's why he was like, dude. And I asked him, I was like, yo. So first of all, in the interview, he came out and said he was a goalie. So I'm like, okay, his you're obviously crazy, and I understand <laughs> why, now why this is happening. I love <laughs> it, by the way. And he was like, he's like, yeah. If you know any, and and immediately Fort Dupont popped into my head because in high school I played there several times, and it's you know, it's a it's a rougher neighborhood when when you get there, and then. But it's like this amazing rink that's right on the water of the Chesapeake Bay. It's like so awesome. Um, and yeah, I remember, I, I know that they got, they had, they've done renovations in the past, but I mean, they have a strong youth program out there. So maybe mm-hmm. we should reach out to them. Yeah. That might be a good thing. Yeah. Catch it. Absolutely. Another idea. The NHL is going to steal it though. Careful. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. NHL, come on. We're trying to do good stuff. We're trying to use our platform for good. Um, but anyways, back to the games, had a, had two games against Philly. Uh, I mean, like I said, I watched the first one, which was what Wednesday was that or was Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. Thursday and, and yesterday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So on Thursday we go up big early and then, and then it kind of falls apart. I mean, Carl, what, when you're when you're on the bench there, like what do you what do you see? What are you seeing on that first game? It, those games are tough sometimes when when you get up on a team, especially a team that that can be good, you know, like that that right. has firepower and stuff like that. Um, you get up on them, and it's always a little bit tough because you're you're already thinking the game's kind of over. You may be hoping to get a point still too, so you might be trying to do a few things that you maybe normally wouldn't do. Plus, the other team is 
gonna try and do something. They probably got ripped in between the in between second and third period. So <laughs> yeah. they're gonna they're gonna try something. You know, they're gonna give it everything they have for the final twenty. Um, so they're they're just tough games. At at that moment, you're you're trying to hold on, um, and you're just you're trying not to do anything too crazy. You know, like Alan like Alan May says, you you just want to get pucks in and hit guys. You know, and you just you don't need to you don't need to be fancy. And sometimes that happens. Um, I. You know, I think, yeah, I mean, personally, I, I, when I look at the last couple games, what I love seeing is the, uh, you know, how much help they're getting up and down the lineup right now. Oh, yeah. um, and, and that, that to me is what gets me excited. You see Ovi's starting to heat up a little bit too, well, which love is to, love huge. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always love to see that, man. Everyone loves to see that. Um, but yeah, they're just getting contributions from, from everybody uh, offensively. And so, you know, just making sure that they can continue to not give the pucks away. You know, a few few turnovers that are happening in in areas that you can't really have turnovers in, especially in the third period, um, ends up hurting you. Um, and in that game, was it? Um, I was trying to think if it was that game. Is that game they scored with the uh, power play goal right at the end? I believe. Oh no, that was the that was the last was, game. Yeah. No. So the um, I've got the box store up. So the the scoring went. You know. Ovi comes in unassisted. Uh, Konecki, who th- who that kid's going to be somebody in this league. I love how much of a rat he is, too. I can respect that. Um, and then, you know, standout Connor Sheary, who's, uh, you know, somebody that we acquired almost on a rental basis this year. Uh, Barry is one um, from with the assist from Daniel Sprong, who, again, a guy who's fighting for a spot. Um, and then. John Carlson comes in, you know, does does the JC thing, uh, and then Nick Dowd. So so it was basically like, you know, we went up big. It was four one going into the third, but then we we put in, uh, we we let up two from Provorov and Lawton, and finally Nick Dowd kind of kind of finishes her off with the empty netter. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I mean, that yeah, they scored early in that third period, so they clearly were coming out with a little bit of little bit of something right and and yeah i mean those games are just tough it's just when when you get up like that you just got to tighten up you just got to be smart don't don't give them offense and if you can do that usually you're okay but but yeah i mean i'm i'm a big nick dowd fan (laughs) i'm happy he's getting uh getting a little action right now i love the fourth line guys they're my favorite my usually my favorite players just because i love the way they play and you're they're reliable um and so yeah I, i like i like seeing that i love seeing an empty net goal too so that's uh it sure. Gets me pretty fired up. And and as a defenseman <laughs> who's going to be out there in the later stages of a game, you love to see just guys just go beat it up in the corners on the other end, right? Keep it out of our end. You know, yeah. if you see me, give it to me. I'll put it back into a corner for you to take the punishment yeah. for. Oh yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> right? You, you yeah. want to see how much time? Like we always would do this: is keep stats. Like how how much time would guys kill in with an empty net or on the penalty kill? Like just watch somebody just absolutely squash that puck against the boards and keep it down low and just see how many seconds can tick off. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I love seeing a fourth line go out there and do that. Like Jay Beagle was one of the best at that. Absolutely. We always called him the defenseman's worst nightmare because he would not stop going. Like yeah. it didn't matter if there was half a second left in the game and you're up 5 nothing. He was still going to go, and you just can't stand that. And that's what I feel like this fourth line is doing is – they just don't stop moving their feet and now they're getting rewarded. And when your fourth line is contributing, you're going to find a way to win regardless of if your team's 
playing that great, you, you get you get contributions from the guys you don't typically get them from. That's a good thing. So I'm 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 high on those guys right now. Me too, me too, man. And and you know, honestly, Polly Polly gave me the favor of letting me play in college because he was the he was the uh, president of the hockey club in college. So yes. he he let me get in. And uh, um, actually, on that team, I would I was like what Polly? What was I like? Second line D, first line D guy. Well, that depended if I played forward or D. Oh. <laughs> whoa, Polly! Whoa! All right, I guess we're fighting. The utility off here. man, hey, Did it yeah, all. right, right. So, um, yeah, Polly, Polly played all over the lineup. I think he was chasing a little bit of glory that was somewhat unattainable, to be completely honest. Playing that winger <laughs> winger position, but uh, <clears throat> you know, when uh, I don't even know what I was going with that. But uh, as far as 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 far as the 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 fourth line man, I. I They've had scoring chances all year, and I've seen Caps Twitter just eat hags especially up. You know, oh my god. My buddy, who's a Penguins fan, texts me and go, when they were playing, he goes, Carl Haglin couldn't score in an orgy. And I go, dude, you can't say that. Like, are you kidding me? Carl Haglin is... is uh, the Swedish God. I love this guy. He plays like a hundred percent all the time. I don't care if he doesn't score because even getting a shot like he does on net is such a wake up call to the other team's defense. Because at that point you're putting your studs out, right? If, especially if you're up and the fourth line's going in, you know, last five, 10 minutes of the game and the fourth line gets a nice, nice shot, even early in the game, like, Whoa, that's a wake up call for your for your defensive core to say, uh, okay, well we need to be like better, that's for sure. Um, whether he buries those or not, it's it's immaterial to me, to be completely honest, because yeah. they, they kill so much time in, in the in the in the corners. Polly, what do what do you think, man? Uh well I mean I think that's the uh the key to long term success is the the depth stepping up and those guys did you know what? Dowd had two in this game, <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll get to it. But Haglin scored on Saturday, and right. if you're gonna make a run, the entire lineup has to be producing, and I think it um, sets us up to be very optimistic as the season continues. Absolutely, mm-hmm. no, no doubt, dude. And like, you know, moving on to the to the Saturday game. Okay, so we won that in a narrower margin, five four. Um, Here, hold on. I got a funny story about this game. Okay. All okay. Right. So let's hear it. My wife and I were with my brother and his fiance. Shout okay. out PJ Jody. And oh, he's, uh, it's a fiance now. Yeah. Oh man, PJ works quick. Shout out oh, PJ. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we put the game on ESPN Plus, and it's kind of in the background and just looking every now and then. And Ovi scores, and I was like. Wait a minute. I think I've seen this before. <laughs> and it took like three replays and we were like, Jesus Christ, we're watching the replay of the Thursday game right now. And so we nice. missed like the beginning of the, the first half of the, the first period, but you know, we end up getting the live game, but that was, uh, I guess you can just chalk that up to having too much fun. Hey. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> Amazing. Um, so, so in this in the Saturday game, right? Uh, 
Caps win 5-4 in reg. Gotta love it. Um, and, you know, half of me only almost wants us to win some, like, overtime victories against the Flyers so that we can push the Penguins out. Uh, you know, that's that's some fandom <laughs> stuff for me. But Sprong uh, comes out, and, you know, this is a guy who's getting sheltered minutes. So, uh, and, and we'll talk – I have a question for you, Carl, about, about like, Sprong and about some of our guys who have been kind of in and out of the lineup. But we got Sprong. Hags comes in, gets his gets that that third that's that third goal of the year, which is great. Um, JVR answers. JVR has twelve goals on the season. Who'd have thought? I mean, the guy's a stud. Don't get me wrong, and I love his. I, I love always the hard nosed players that can that can add that add that uh, uh, offensive touch, if you will. Nick Jensen, a man on fire these past two games, mm-hmm. uh, kind of comes in. Scores his second. Then it's like, you know, it's back and forth. Nolan Patrick, Ovechkin gets his 10th. Um, and then again, you know, we got Nick Dowd showing up on the score sheet. Gostabere and then Giroux kind of caps it. And we hold on for the victory. Um, <clears throat> so in the past two games, like, it seems like we've blown leads but we really but the caps i mean i say we but the caps really haven't blown any leads in the past couple games against philly who seems to be in a little bit of turmoil i mean what's your carl what's your takeaway on that one on on the saturday game yeah i mean i I don't think it was a bad game overall it was it was a decent game um although it came down to the wire i guess uh i don't i don't think that the team played bad you know they didn't didn't get shelled at the end of the game um you know it was it was fairly even power play goal and then um you know uh, another goal with the with the net empty the, you know those are those are tough you're out man it's gonna happen sometimes right. but uh, the fact that they were able to continue, still hold on and and get that one is is huge and philly's not philly's reeling a little bit it seems like so yeah. they uh you know they they can be a good team but they're not i don't think they're playing as good as they want to be playing right now. So um, it ends up being uh, a game that you kind of need, need to have, you know, if, if a oh, team's yeah. not playing good, you, you, you got to capitalize on that. Yeah, sure. And they're scoring lots. Caps are scoring lots right now too. And that's, that's great, but they're also giving up some chances that they probably wouldn't, don't want to be giving up coming right. from turnovers. And I think they have Buffalo, Buffalo coming up and Buffalo's in a bit of something right now. And then after that is a test, you know. Um, so you'll see, see that's a game against the Islanders where you can't afford to do that. And so you know they get away with it because they have enough uh, firepower to do so. But um, yeah, the, it, a win is great, but you want to win playing good and feeling good about it. And um, when you when you let four goals in, you don't always feel that great about the win, regardless. Right. Uh, so. You know they're finding a way, but like we said earlier, it's it's the depth, the depth scoring that they're getting. Nick Jensen's been unbelievable lately. Wow! Like watching this guy play, he's playing with so much confidence. He's skating so good. Um, yeah, whatever he's doing, he's got to continue to do because that's huge for the back end to see to see that. Right. Um, and and yeah, my boy nicked out. Like <laughs> this is this is great. This is awesome. I want to go back to the Haglin thing. You guys are talking about it because, um, yeah. For someone to be chirping Haglin about not scoring, that's fine. Whatever he's he's not they, they don't need him to score all the time. Yeah. But I can just tell you from experience, 
when he's on the ice or someone like him, it changes the way you play. No so doubt. If I want to play an aggressive style like the Caps want to, and like a lot of teams do, where I'm pinching down the wall and trying to keep pucks in, if I know Haglin's out there, I'm. it's the same thing with hitting and knowing Tom Wilson's out there. You're not as aggressive down low because he's probably going to beat you in a foot race, most likely, most guys. Yeah. So you have to be extra careful. You can't be in on the play offensively all the time. You have to think twice about pinching. And because they, the team knows that they have that in Haglin, they use him more. If you watch face-offs that they run, a D-zone face-off, if, if he's on the opposite side, like if he's left wing and, and the face-off's in the right corner, they get it and they rim it right away because they know Haglin's going to be racing to the red line for a break. Right. Or if you get a puck and you see him take off for a second, you high flip that puck to him. The the Rangers did it all the time when they had him and Kreider and we were playing them and, and we were so tight back and forth. Every single time Haglin's out there and every single time Kreider's out there, you don't pinch. You can't pinch sure. because all it takes is one second for Ryan McDonough to get the puck and high flip it over us and we're hooped. You know, so yep. he doesn't have to score. He's going to score some of them. If he did, he'd be like uh, Grabner. <laughs> you know, get get three breakaways a game and some somehow score forty goals in a season because he's bearing <laughs> on these breakaways. He could do that if you know if things are falling for him. But um, just him being out there changes a little bit of the way you're playing, how aggressive you're playing, because it can turn so fast. And folks. That's why Carl Osner is on this podcast because he's got the game within the, he's got the minutia that you don't even understand. And, and this is great. And, you know, and, and in our defense, the guy who said that is a total Yinzer mouth breather. So, I mean, you know, we can shit on him all day. We, I could have a whole podcast just making fun of that guy. Um, <laughs> I hope, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to send him a link and say, Carl Olzer and I spent about like five minutes just ripping you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who I'm ripping. I don't even exactly. know if it counts as ripping, but that's okay. Just... That's okay. He supported you're 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 a party to it, and I'm gonna hold that over him for a while. Um, <clears throat> but Ovi's now at 716, second second most shots in NHL history taken, uh, and then and then Paulie, what's the last stat here? He's two power play goals short of tying Brett Hall. I mean, uh, for the most power play goals all time. What a legend, dude! I mean, <laughs> taking him down left and right, insane. I love Holy. I loved his loved his Stanley Cup celebration, dude. You know, <laughs> you know, Holy. Like he's he probably like wakes up, goes out, like you know, plays. I, I don't even know if he plays golf, but I feel like he he probably does, and like maybe like plays eighteen, starts drinking around noon, and just like. Just has like a good buzz all day. Like <laughs> nothing weird. Nothing life. weird. Yeah. Just yeah, just playing the nice retired life. You know, eats a good has a big steak, you know, c- comes off comes off the links, eats a big steak, has another, you know, glass of wine, you know. <laughs> That's how I <laughs> yeah, want apparently, to be. Apparently he's a beauty. I've I've heard lots of good stories about him, tripping yeah. guys and you can just tell he's he's having a good time. <laughs> if I could have half as good a time, I'd be pretty pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I did want to ask, man. Like, I think, and God, Caps fandom is so negative. DC fandom sometimes is so negative. It's it's unbelievable. But you look at the deployment of Laviolette and. 
people are like, Sprung needs to be in at every every point. Like, you know, he needs to be playing 25 minutes a night. Like, uh, you know, Connor Sheary needs to be a 30-minute-a-night guy. I don't know. They're, they're crazy. They think that uh, if you play a, a player more, you may get more out of them. And that could be true. That's absolutely true in a lot of cases. But do you think – I mean, what's your take on Laviolette's deployment of – because he's got this taxi squad now, which is kind of a coach's dream. Because he can mm-hmm. he can like swap players in and out. You know, hey, I'm not feeling you tonight. You know, what's up? And take a, take a night off. And in, plus the accelerated schedule mixed into it. What's your take? I mean, you know, on on his on his deployment. You know what? It's it's tough to say for sure because there's so many things that are happening that we don't pick up on that we don't always see um there's some guys that you play with that when you watch them you're like you're like you know what this this guy probably should be playing more you know he should he should be out there more he's he's playing great what's the reason for it you know and you don't always know because you're managing a team to win but you're also managing a lot of guys emotions and mental game as well and if you decide you're going to you know put this one guy in for five games and then uh, he plays okay. And then all of a sudden you take him out or he played, he plays good. And all of a sudden you take him out and that guy's like, Oh, what the heck's going on? What, did I, what do I have to do different to stay in the lineup? And then there's other guys where you take them out for 10 games and they come back in and they're, they're great for two games. And that's all you needed out of them. And then, you know, I can count on this guy. I can take him back out and bring him back in when I need it. Whereas other guys, you take them out for 10 games, they come back in and they're just, they're shriveled right they can't do anything anymore so there's like taylor chorney is a great example when he was there he played not that many games but every single time he came in and played he was unbelievable and when he was out of the lineup he was unbelievable and you have guys like that that you can play with and it's not always fair to the guy because they want to be playing but um some guys can do that job and they're better equipped to do that job and other guys need to be in the lineup more and right. I'm not saying that either one of these guys or any of these guys have any issues, but this is something that the coach has to take into consideration. And Peter Laviolette is a guy who um, wants his team to play responsible. And from some of the things I've seen, sometimes players are making making plays that aren't necessarily the most responsible. And occasionally they work out and sometimes they don't. And when it comes down to playing a team like the Islanders, you can't take that risk where you're, you know, this guy might score. He's got a decent chance of scoring tonight, but he might give up two really good chances or three really good chances because of things he doesn't do. And so, um, yeah, he, he has, Laviolette clearly has a plan and guys he can trust and guys he counts on. Like, look at Patrick Line in Columbus right now. Like, like Tortorella does what he wants depending on exactly how that last shift has gone or the last right. two shifts have gone. So if you go out there and mess up for two shifts in a row, see ya, you're done. You don't get another chance. And so sure. it's not as, it's not as obvious, um, you know, with, with Laviolette, but you know, he sees these things. So he's going to play who he thinks is going to be the most responsible and at the same time, give him some output. And so whether that's strong or whether that's Connor Sherry, whether it's, you know, Obviously, Lars Eller is a big part of that team, and, and he's he's going to be there when when he's playing. Um, the coach is going to make that decision, and he doesn't care what anybody else says on who, right. they, who he should play. 
So just know from when if, if you're just watching a game that there's so much more that's going on behind the scenes and things that you're not seeing besides, you know, just that that guy scored tonight that are going into each each decision. So I I don't I I like the, I like him as a coach. All of his interviews, he's so calm and so poised. He's he backs his guys up, which is so nice to have from a coach. Right. So I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think players are going to be complaining about how he's running things right now. That's good, man. Because a lot of there's a lot of people on the internet, <laughs> and I'll just keep it at that. Right. There's a lot of people on the internet that are like, you know, uh, well, uh, we. You know, this Verona shouldn't be shunned for taking a bad shit. I mean, that's a terrible change on that on one of those goals in the past two games. I can't remember which one. That's a bad change. He comes off, and there's a clear turnover in the neutral zone. And you gotta like as a winger, I get you're a winger, but man, you gotta come out and you gotta stay on the ice and try to battle that out. I don't care if you're winded, man. Even being mm-hmm. there as a pylon is better than being not there at all, man. Like because you're, you're taking up space. Um, and I, I I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it's it. I get what you're saying, man. I mean, it's it's tough to to know the in the ins and outs, but uh, I I I feel that if you look at the macro, you take a step back, look at the big picture. What were uh, three? Two, we've lost twice and had an overtime loss in the past eleven games. I think. In mm-hmm. uh, the we're four and zero. Oh. We're riding high. Yeah. I mean, Polly, if we ever had that streak in college, what would we be doing? Um, well, we threw uh, a kager after <laughs> one win, so we would have really been in trouble. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good life. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, that's so exactly, right? Um, yeah. They're winning, and and that's fine. You know, you don't you don't really need to tinker too much with it. Yeah, I'm sure they have a pulse on, on, uh, on how the how they enjoy these wins. If if what what things are coming up, what things they don't like in the game, and and when the time comes, they'll they'll deal with it if they have to. But they don't. They, there's injuries. <laughs> there's suspensions. There's a lot of stuff going on. So they got to do what they got to do. And you know, if if you can get a guy that is scoring every game and doing a lot of the little things right then ride him you know if, if you let let him let him ride the wave until until he's dried up a little bit and then switch his line you know put him on some other line and, and see if that works if it doesn't then change it up but everyone's gonna have an opinion you know like you look at connor sherry like he had some unreal years in pittsburgh yeah and they just wrote him like you know go out there you play with Sidney crosby you're good <laughs> i i'd probably score 20 goals playing with Sidney crosby you know like <laughs> <laughs> if you get the guy in the right situation, you you let it fly. And, you know, so if Sprong's going to be scoring every game right now and he's not going to be giving up too much when he's out there, ride him. Let's see, see what happens. You know, he could end up getting 20 goals in a season, this this season. You know, it's just the, – but there's things that the coaches are looking for. And if he wants a responsible player all the time, it doesn't matter if you score 30 goals. You have to score 50. <laughs> you have to score 50 before right. a coach says, we don't care what you do on the defensive <laughs> yeah. end. You know, like that's just the way it's just the way that the game is. When it comes down to it, these playoff games, you you can't have the mistake. And if if someone ma- is making a mistake, then uh, then you just can't you can't necessarily rely on them. And I'm not saying that either one of these guys are doing it because I only watched parts of of these games, so I can't say what their whole game looked like. 
Um, but I'm just saying as a whole, I think that's probably what Laviolette's looking for. And he's trying to, he's trying to make sure his guys are responsible for when it really comes down to it. Absolutely, man. And, and interesting, like, and I keep, so I'm reading this book very slowly. I'm a, I'm a slow reader. Okay. If, me if, too. Yeah. If, if, if anybody hasn't uh, picked up on me being a slow reader. Yeah. Uh, so I'm reading this book called the game by Ken Dryden and it's, you know, ESPN's best sports book. One of those, right? Um, have you read it, Carl? No, I haven't read it. Oh man. All right. After Polly reads it, we'll send it to you. Okay. So like next year, <laughs> I'm an, next year, I'm going to be an audio, I'm an audio book kind of guy. <laughs> oh dude, get it. Uh, so yeah, Ken Dryden, apparently this is goalie for the Habs, uh, back when they were like winning four cups in a row or whatever. Right. So you have a little history with this team, but you know, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's plastered up all over the, all over the players locker rooms and stuff. Um, he, uh, in the book I want to take says take places before they get their fourth or third. I don't know. They're, I, I'm, I'm obviously not a great reader, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> he says he has this whole like three quarters of a chapter about Scotty Bowman and how look Bowman was such a pro. It didn't matter. Like he, when I was younger, he says, when I was younger, I was very distraught about his decisions. But after playing with him for X amount of years, I realized that none of this was ever personal. Like he would maybe not be so communicative about why he's doing it, but it was never like, oh, I don't like this guy. He's going to sit. It was always, always the will to win and who is going to let us win this night. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of feel like coaches across the NHL have that opportunity now with the taxi squad, having a longer roster to move up and down at their immediacy, you know, at their fingertips of, you know, bona fide NHL players to, to move guys in and out depending on, you know, who's, who's going to win. So like, for instance, like, you go up against the Islanders, maybe you pack on a little bit more firepower because you know you're going to need them against a more defensively staunch Barry Trotz crew, right? Uh, versus playing against Buffalo where maybe you give a guy a couple shots and see, all right, hey, if he rings up a Hattie, maybe he gets a roster spot next, next you know, keep the guys hungry, basically. Have him play mm-hmm. for something more than just the win, right? Uh, I he, it wasn't ever mind games. It was just, what have you been producing and how can I, how can I slot you in, in this puzzle? So really interesting take because Ken Dryden's super articulate, great writer, uh, honestly, and what an amazing book to be completely honest. So, yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's, it's nice to, it's nice to, um, have, have a coach that's just going to reward the guys who are going and what, and, and what they're doing, but also, I, I mean, I like when someone will talk to the players, you know, and like explain, I, I like an explanation, you know, if, sure. if I'm, if I'm not playing good or I'm going to be out of the lineup, I, I'd like an explanation. Like, what do you need from me? If, if I don't know, I probably know, but if <laughs> right. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, tonight we're playing the Islanders. I really want to go with uh, someone who's got more offense. Okay. Sure. Sure. I can, I can handle that. That's fine. But if when guys come out of the lineup and they have no idea why they're coming out of the lineup and no one talks to them for a day or two days or next thing you know, it's four games, you haven't heard anything, that's something that will you'll start to uh, resent. 
a coach sure. <laughs> for something like that, you know? So yeah. I think that that's, and I've heard it a few times from Laviolette. He'll explain to someone will ask, one of the reporters will ask a question like, oh, so-and-so didn't play for, for the last 10 minutes of the game. How come? And he'll just say it had nothing to do with his game or whatever. I just wanted to get this guy going or I needed, I needed to make the lines do this. And that's, you know, that's something that you want to hear. You want to, you want to hear a reason why and have that communication from a coach. So I think that's, I think that's kind of really, really important, but also not taking things personal is the name of the game because you are going to have so many people come after you, whether it's, uh, you know, a coach in between a period or after a shift to uh, someone on social media to a newspaper, (laughs) like you're going to have it. And so as soon as you start taking these things personal, bye-bye confidence. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's gone. And, and, you know, you, you referenced like how people were trying to like, you know, during the lockout, just like, you know, rough you up on, on social media. But the, the one good positive is that by chance you, you came back to Twitter and that's how this whole thing started. So (laughs) I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, at least that facet of, of how social media connects. But, um, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, the amount of pressure that's on a professional athlete is can't be understated and you know people forget pro athletes though they make a lot of money are humans too right come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean the, the thing that that i find is um yeah something to to explain is that you it's it's something that you think about all the time right it's not it's not just i go to the rink for my couple hours i play my game or I practice and then i like see you tomorrow, you know, or I have Saturday, Sunday off. I'll, I'll see how Monday I'm just going to decompress. It's <laughs> like, that's with you all the time. That's all you're thinking about is I got a game tomorrow, you know, all night. I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I'm doing this, doing that, you know, getting the right, right frame of mind, frame of mind. And so then you throw on people chirping you on top of that. If you're not good at blocking that stuff out, then not only are you like, oh, man, I got, I got a game tomorrow. This guy's chirping me. I don't know why the coach doesn't want me playing. I don't know this. And the next thing you know, it's just like, holy smokes, like you, you just cannot function at, yeah. at the rink. And so that's that's the part that's tough. It's like you're you gotta be high performance on the ice with physically, but you gotta be high performance up here too. And you can't do that if you don't have the training or you aren't just like like Ray Bork. I, I roommate I was uh, Chris Bork, his son's uh, roommate for my first year at Hershey. And one of the things that Ray said to me right away was like dude, short memory, <laughs> like, don't worry about anything, like, just forget about it right away. And I think Carly is one of the best at that. And I don't know what's going on deep down inside. But I feel like he would make a mistake one shift or two shifts in a row, he'd come back to the bench, he'd slam a stick, hit a water bottle. And next thing you know, it was gone. And then he was, he was awesome. You know, he was he ended up being a great player the rest of the game. And it's just like, guys that can really do that and still go out there and play. I think that usually takes them to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. man. Good stuff, man. Well, yep. do you, I, I think I've, oh, one last question. One, one, <laughs> one very last question. We've been on for an hour and a half. Goaltending. <laughs> do you think, and, and we won't go into the minutia, but do you, do you think that the Caps are going to move for a goaltender uh, at deadline? Oh, man. That's really, really hard to say. Um, I don't think that they necessarily know yet. 
I think they are they want to give they they want to see what they have for sure with Sam Selenoff. It's sample size is still kind of small, so sure. um I think that they are they they want to play this out a little bit, but I would imagine they're looking around to see what their options are, you know, to see see what's out there around the league so that they're not surprised by it, but um yeah, they they may possibly. <laughs> but I I think that they if if they're playing good if both those goalies are playing to to their potential, I don't think they need to. I think it's been done before and and they can they can do that, but um I don't think they want to take any chances either. So the the they'll have to they'll make their decision after they they watch a little bit a little bit more and and see which direction things are going and then and then they'll make that choice, but I think they're aware probably, but sure. I don't think they're I don't I don't think the the team would jump the gun just yet. You? Fair enough, and I think that that's you know, Paula, you t- you let me know what you think, but I think that's why that Sammy's getting a lot of starts recently. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, they're just. I think this is almost like a tryout, trial by fire. Um, and you know, something I'll say about Sam Solomonov is that he makes these incredibly athletic, like lanky, almost like uh, Mister Elastic slay- saves. But I feel like sometimes he does it, and it's um. Because he, he did it to himself, like poor rebound control mm. or, yeah. or maybe not knowing, you know. Um, but hey, he get, he got the job done and I just – I don't know. I feel like those are the type of situations that management looks at and says, uh, I don't know if I like that so much. Maybe we should get a more te- quote-unquote technically sound tendy, right? So I don't know. Polly, what do you think? Yeah, I mean I think part of the reason he's getting all the starts is for a tryout. But then also – you know, VTech has carried the load so much. It could be, you know, he's capable. So let's let him give VTech a break. Sure. And reassess, you know, a little bit down the line. I mean, I, I think the guys are capable of carrying them through the playoffs, but I'm not an, uh, an NHL coach. <laughs> I mean, it's a tough position. Uh, it's the same, like, it's the same thing. Like, I don't know exactly what they're saying. I've heard people talk about rebound control and stuff. Um, so, you know, maybe that that's a bit of an issue, but I don't think that they'd take a chance. Like, I don't, right. I, I'm not sure that, that uh, any team is really in, in the business of like doing a favor for somebody, you know, I, I think you can do it. You know, let's, let's give them a shot. Whereas right. they have an option where they're like, okay, we can get this guy who we know can do this for us or what we're asking then they would probably go and and do that. If if something comes up where they're like, okay, like this, we we know we're certain this is what we're gonna get, then they probably go for it. Until they know, until they're certain with what they have with both these guys, then they probably will be open to to doing whatever's necessary. Fair enough. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, Carl, dude, you got anything else? I know we've we dude, every time we get on here, we just talk and talk. And this is, you know, we're at Almost a hundred or an hour and, and forty minutes. So, any last things, or, or are we are we cutting this off? I don't really have anything. I'm just checking to see if uh, the tournament's done. Looks like it is. Our uh, golf, our players' championship. I was just going to see if we needed to mention that really quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Looks what, like who did somebody I, win? I don't who know. If, yeah, I don't know if anyone's recording this and wants to see it. But JT <laughs> looks like he uh, came out on top, found a way, and. The battle between DeChambeau and Fitzpatrick yeah. was won by DeChambeau by four strokes. Ooh. 
So bragging rights right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's DeChambeau sending a drink over like a nice shot yeah. of like trash vodka. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's probably a, probably a protein shake. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> well, Caps fans, um, you know, until next week and Carl, again, Thanks a lot. Uh, do you have anything to plug, man? Like, you have anything you want to shout out? Uh, we always do that to all of our guests. So I know you're not a big plug guy, but yeah, not a whole lot right now. Let's let's get the ball rolling on this warm up, and then once we uh, yeah. once we get back to, uh, to DC and we get our hopefully get our foundation going, then we can plug that once that's started. <laughs> Absolutely, there we go. There. We do you go. know when your next on air date is? Um, next Sunday. I think. All right. Yeah. So, or wait, hold on. The next Friday? The 19th. Whatever the 19th is. Okay. Friday the 19th is, is a Friday. That is Friday. a Friday. There you so go. Friday. Cavs fans, tune in to see Carl and his uh, snap. He's going to have a he's gonna have a suit. So he's going to have a new suit. Yeah. See him looking dapper yeah. on the 19th. So might have a watch on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Might oh, be yeah. flashing some I should blade. wear that watch so you guys can look for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Do it. Do it for sure. For sure. Um, and, you know, if you want to call us out and say, hey, hey, the official Caps, the Capture Podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network, you know, I'm sure, yeah, right. I'm sure you get, <laughs> dang, pull the plug on that. Uh, but, um, yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on. It's always a pleasure. We'll have to get you on in another month or so, for sure. Get kind of like the, the, the down the stretch look from Carl Alsner here. Um, that's right. good. <laughs> well, Caps fans, until next time. Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, Carl Olsner, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>